yeah. like, man, is it all worth it? Is my ambition <laughs> worth it? You know, you because sometimes I do question my ambition, like because for me, my my ambition is to um, be a a respected leader in the community, uh-huh. and I like to keep it vague because then that way I can never achieve it. Because uh, if I say I want to have a million dollars once I get it, well, what's next? Um, yeah. So so I like to keep myself vague. Like, I want to be oh, a really well respected leader in the community, whether that's what being a brother, being part of street stops, or being part of the design community. Uh, but as long as I'm being okay. like people are seeing me as oh yeah, birds doing great things, um, and also I want to be like a great speaker, uh, not the not a award winning speaker, but like just a great speaker rather because. Yeah. I might not win any awards, but I'm still a great speaker. Yeah. Um, uh, and also, not the best designer, but a great designer who understands storytelling, who understands this and that. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't really like capping myself. This message is prohibited. Welcome to another episode of Taboo Talks. I'm here with my awesome guest, Bert Lee, mm-hmm. and he's an amazing person in the community. He's doing public speaking, you're doing movements uh i don't know if it's therapy or mm-hmm. if it's like movement speak speaking with body movement. body language yeah yes, body yes. language mm-hmm. yeah yeah so uh this is bert i don't know anything that i missed that you think yeah uh so aside from from speaking i i dance too so i dance yeah. a lot and that's kind of my philosophy and how i'm doing my public speaking so i like to correlate speaking with dancing and how the two relate so that's kind of what i focus on when it comes to public speaking is i teach people how to be better speakers but how do you move on stage with uh, a perspective from a dancer and how do you get them engaged because as dancers we we are really engaging so as speakers how do we do the same thing but not too much where it gets distracting yeah Yeah. wait so you dance i do dance yeah like um where i you mostly catch me at the clubs okay (laughs) i'm kidding i uh (laughs) so i do a dancing called hip-hop Oh, I mean, called popping. It's, it's, it's a version of hip hop. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I've been doing that for four years. So I compete statewide. Um, oh, so wow. I do it as a hobby, as a sport. Uh, it's okay. one way that I keep myself active. Yeah, um, yeah. So I dance. Uh, and I used to dance with a crew called Bow Freaks for four years. Uh-huh. And our style was a lot of like hip hop, tricks, break dancing. Um, we will also do a, a little bit of popping. Okay. So I, I perform with them, seven talented dudes, Bow Freaks. We performed statewide competed for four years and then decided to stop and then now i'm on my own battling because i feel like battling is more challenging for me than uh doing choreography because i did choreography for eight years and i just felt like i uh-huh. wanted to try something new so i yeah. think battling was one way for me to was very challenging i was like oh shoot yeah it's challenging i like this it's kind of like it's like freestyling <clears throat> yeah right top of your head how is the dancing scene? Okay, so this is how I feel. Yeah. Um, that I I know that there's a lot of dancers out here, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I just don't know where they congregate. You know. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a good question and, and a good thought because when I want to get into battling, yeah. Um, because a lot of the time when you're a performer, you know all the crews <clears> in Minnesota, <throat> like Elite Family, Creature Crew, Biofreaks, Motion Crew. You know. Yeah. All those crews, you know where they go to. But then when you, you get into the battle realm, you're usually sometimes by yourself. Yeah. Uh, so a hard thing that I had to get used to was like, where are all these dancers happening? At? Where are all these battles happening? At? So a lot of the time, you uh, I would say you look at dance studios that are okay. where a lot of dancers will go to, like uh, Indigenous Roots is a, oh, is yeah. a studio, but then Cypherside is inside uh, Indigenous Roots. So Cypherside is owned by a really great dancer, uh, Lou Finisher. So that's where 
you would meet a lot of the local break dancers, hip hop artists, and oh. popping dancers, and popping artists and dancers too. Yeah, and yeah. then there's um, one and um, dance studio called uh, House of Dance, Minnesota, and that's where all of the b boys go, all the hip hop dancers, all the poppers go. So there, are, those are the two main schools I know in Minnesota that host a lot of dance battles. Um, mm -hmm. And also a, a, a dance studio called All Day, where they're like very focused on like um, popping, which is where I come in, more of my kind of uh, specialty. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just more looking at your local dance schools. Um, but then it's, it's also kind of like not just your regular local dance school, like tap dancing or salsa, because there's also dance styles like that. So you uh -huh. have to look at specific ones that teaches hip hop or break dancing. That's where you will see the scenes of hip-hop dancers or dancers uh -huh. that gather that yeah yeah for sure for sure yeah because i think i saw a video of you the other day teaching like a class yeah and i was like i don't yeah was that at indigenous roots yeah that was at cypherside indigenous roots okay yeah so yeah so funny story about that it's uh <clears throat> so i was coming from work yeah and then it was 5 five thirty, and then my buddy lou called me he was like hey bert do you want to come sub for my dance class my hip-hop dance class yeah. at 6 30. And I was like, hey, I've, I've never taught a class before. Like, and I, do, are you sure you want me to do it? He's like, yeah, man, you, I've seen you popping. You're pretty good. It's like, okay, so wh who do I, what do I teach? What are the age range? He goes, they're from like 6 to 10, 10 to 12, 12 to 14. Mm -hmm. And then for three classes. And you come in, you just teach popping. Uh, you just substitute because one of my teachers, I was sick. Mm -hmm. And I was like, all right, I do my best. So then that's how I kind of... Um, so I rushed over because I was at five and then he, they, the class started at 630. So then I rushed over and then I, on the way there, I was like thinking in my head, I'm like, okay, what am I going to teach? What am I going to teach? What am I going to teach these kids? Yeah. Um, and the kids were already, um, uh, they were already good at dancing. So that made it oh. a little bit easier. Oh yeah. Uh, so they already understood concepts, counts, uh, and they also already understood certain fundamentals. Uh -huh. So that made teaching a little bit better. So they actually, the kids actually made it easier for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then that was also a really uh, nice chance for, for me to see if I'm like a good teacher or if I'm like good at teaching. And, right. Um, it was it was a, it was a fun, um, very spontaneous experience. Yeah, because yeah. I I know from what I saw, I don't I forget what the move is called, but I know how it like it's you know when you're like this this and then you um it's like something for Jay right it's. Uh, the I John, think the, 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 uh, the movie you might be talking about is called The Fresno, where you like hit, hit the other side. Um, but I don't know what movie you're talking about. But then there's a, there's, isn't there a follow up motion with the lays too? Yeah, the boogaloo. Yeah, yeah, boogaloo. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, that one? Exactly. Yes, <laughs> yes. I only know that move because yeah. um, back in Chicago. So I used for uh, you know for everybody listening in, is uh -huh. I used to live in Chicago. And um, there's a project that I got asked to be on. It never really went through mm -hmm. um, just because they, so the artist was uh, a Chinese girl and like she had more girl dancers mm -hmm. and she wanted a guy portion, like, you know, like a, um, you know, just a guy, a guy section to dance with the girls, like a partner mm -hmm. dance almost. Mm -hmm. um, as a part of the music video and so but the only thing was that it was just me the choreographer and my other friend that i brought with me yeah and then uh it eventually just fell through because they didn't even get enough guys and there's too many uh girls in for ratio and so 
but the guy the choreographer he was um a pop pop and lock artist mm -hmm. more uh more he was more of that um than like anything else and so like you know he was just like this is like what this movie is called I was like oh like yeah, yeah i've yeah, seen yeah, these yeah, moves yeah, yeah. i just yeah. never knew what they was called <laughs> yeah like, you know yeah. yeah yeah so like i you know not that you know i i learned a lot of terms yeah so 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 <clears throat> you did dance for, for a hot minute too yeah yeah so you know back in the day <laughs> when yep, breaking yep. was you know the hot thing yeah you know like that was middle school years yeah man. like every kid like growing up like was break dancing mm -hmm. uh, so i did a little bit of break dancing um i've lost a lot of it throughout the years yeah. just because you mm -hmm. know you stop but along the way i've picked up different forms um so i've i've adapted i'm kind of like just like a a hosh podge of like all these different styles and forms so mm -hmm. like you know i do do a lot of pop yeah um how my face how my phases were is like i got into break and then you know you're always doing top rocks and things like that and yeah. then what i kept for sure was the um, not the uh the air swipes and the master swipes yeah. that's about as much as i can yeah. do now yeah uh, but then i went into gliding and sliding right mm -hmm. and then from mm -hmm. there i went into pop and lock mm -hmm. um and then from there um kind of went uh and still in this place where i discovered like you know like modern mm -hmm. or or like integrating some moves from like <clears throat> ballet and things mm -hmm. like that mm -hmm. um so it's kind of like and that's all really inspired, you know, and along the way, you know, you watch like ABDC. Yeah, yeah, all those dance shows. Yeah, you watch Dance World, uh, I mean, World of Dance, um, you know, so, I mean, a lot of my inspirations mm -hmm. come from, obviously, one, the Jabberwockies, yep, for show. Yeah. Um, I think my next biggest inspiration is Kinjas. Kinjas? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I know, like, I follow individual people in Kinjas before yeah. they were in Kinjas, and man, like, once they all got together, I was like, this is going to be dope. Yeah, yeah, man. So, Jabberwockies and Kinjas, man. So mm -hmm. I, I really like them. You know, I, I don't really like follow Quest or even like um. Do you uh, periodics? Uh, no, I'm not a periodics okay. guy okay. either. But you do know them though. I yeah, yeah, yeah I know yeah, about yeah. them. Okay. I just, you know, I, D tricks and all them. I, I, I know they're good. They're yeah. good. I, I've seen their solo work and stuff. And like yeah, it's yeah. really nice. Solo work is good. Individual work. Is good. Yeah, but as, as a group, I never really like. You know, it was there was a lot of like wow but there's not a lot a lot of like story right um, right so, so that's funny, more important for me right quickly on that note like uh Balfrey's one of our biggest inspirations as a team was quest crew oh yeah um, so we drew a lot of inspiration from them but then as as a dancer i noticed that they do a lot of wow factors tricks yeah. and flip stuff but mm -hmm. there wasn't a lot of dancing so mm -hmm. for me as, as as a dancer i want to see dancing choreography yeah um, yeah all the wows and backflips and tricks and break dancing like it's cool in a routine but like where's the where's the uh the vocals at where's the choreography where are the hits at so sometimes it's like challenging challenging a team that does tricks and gets the audience riled up but then there's a crew who's very traditional in choreography and so slick that it's kind of like for me personally i would choose the choreographer choreography team than someone who's who does nice tricks and flips yeah yeah for sure mm -hmm. and that's why i think for me personally i like i like you know fast and crisp movement is really it's mm -hmm. really cool if you can get it right um but i like the ebb and flow of like going from like really fast uh consecutive movements into like and then you just like go like it almost feels like slow-mo in mm -hmm. dancing where you just mm -hmm. like um 
and you know so it goes from fast to slow mm -hmm. and it really depends on like the lyrics for me of the song mm -hmm. and then you know the style of the beat mm -hmm. too mm -hmm. so it's just kind of like yeah I, I i just learned something new about you today you actually very you're a very artsy person like you did yeah. theater you dance a little bit yeah. <laughs> like i swear i think any asian men or mong men or boy they i feel like if i meet you in the streets or just strangely strangely and i'll be like I bet sometime in your lifetime you were a dancer. Either that's break dancing, that's <laughs> gliding, you know, that's housing. It's like there's a, it's even a small spectacle, just an interest in that. Because yeah. I know for sure I did. Back yeah. in school, break dancing was the thing. It's like it's how you Yo, it was had hot, a crew. Man. It was hot. You know, you were battling, you it's know, hot. getting all the attention. So I was like, I bet once in your lifetime you were a dancer. Like you at least touched it in the base. Yeah. Know, slightly. Yeah. yeah so, man. and uh, I'm glad, I'm glad you, you did. And you're an artsy person, like you did that in school. So yeah. I kind of did um, performance arts during my four years in college too. And nice. incorporating that into hip hop was very different. I did a lot of uh, contemporary. Mm. So that was very different. Yeah. And um, for me, it was very uncomfortable because I wasn't used to the movements. It was very abstracted, yeah. but for sure, definitely for sure. gave me like a different perspective. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel that, man. Yeah. Well, how did you, <clears throat> so, you know, you know, we talked about a little bit off, off screen, you know, like that you started public speaking like yeah. how did that even like start because like you didn't start too long ago yeah right? <laughs> you know i didn't i didn't so start like, too long ago. i just i actually started last year 2019 yeah um how i got into it was growing up uh english you know it's not my first language um uh, is my first language and i was really bad at english like i would have a bad start even now i stutter and then every time I remember specifically when we had to read in front of our classes, you know, in oh. books, and my face would turn red, yeah. my ears would turn really red. <clears throat> and even sometimes talking to my teachers who mm -hmm. are English speakers, I would like, my face would turn red. So yeah. then growing up, I was very insecure about my stutter and my English and my enunciations. So what I did was I, I like would just pick up anything, mm -hmm. like books just to read to, to not understand the content, but the English language. Yeah. And then that definitely throughout high school and college helped me better announce your words um even now i'm so struggling i i, I my enunciations is very strong and i try to get rid of that a asian accent in my stuttering too uh, i don't so, know dude uh, i, I think... mean it, it definitely it definitely does come with uh with practice yeah, um yeah and even now sometimes when i listen to my vlogs i definitely know that i've improved a lot yeah because you know if you do every day and you keep practicing it the, the, mm. the better you're gonna get um so then how i got into public speaking was that i remember during college we were supposed to do a workshop about uh speaking communications class and yeah. i was like let me just teach people how to public speak because you know i dance a little bit because i noticed that um, i go to a lot of like keynote speaking sometimes and yeah. uh, especially graduation ceremony speeches and when they're speaking you know i'll just sit there and i'll stare and i'll like one i fall asleep or i doze <laughs> off because you know they're not doing anything yeah so, the, so then for my method is how do you do that it's I, i'll tell the students like oh you got to move around a little bit like just your hands or like just take one two steps to your left, to your right, and mm -hmm. all the students in that class, um, they were like, oh my God, like that was so interesting. Like we never thought of it like that because we always thought that you just read off your paper and whatnot. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was my sophomore year. And then I was like very impressed of how, how they were impressed too. So I was like, I liked it. And for I sure. stopped doing it for two years. And then I uh, decided to do it again because my, my professor, oh my, my, the faculty at Concordia, she reached out to me, she was like, Hey, bro, your public speaking class course, when you talk about our class was good, do you think you want to come back? And this time I, really, I was really done with school. I was like, yeah, I could come back, but I wanted to switch things up. Wait, wait, wait. So you taught 
it was just like one day yeah it was it was just like a class presentation it was a pro- oh, class project okay yeah, so i was yeah, a sophomore yeah. in college so it was, it was a class project okay and then fast forward three years later my the the my faculty who she invited me to do that she was like hey you this is your great job do you think you can come back again now yeah. that you're done with school and i was like yeah i come back again so i i came back but i switched it up a little bit yeah and ever since that workshop all the students, professors were there. They like they were they enjoy it. They learn a lot of new things. Yeah. It's like very basic though, basic yeah, stuff. But we just don't think about it. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I actually enjoy teaching people how to public speak because from then from there I started creating a curriculum of like I want to teach people not to be able to speak um, on stage confidently, but how mm-hmm. do you have self confidence? Um, and it's it's not targeted towards like a specific margin community, but more yeah. like. For business owners or like if you want to sell something or you just want to be a better speaker or communicator then yeah all of these um can help you because i think public speaking is more than just about being on stage but like we're doing this right now it's about communication and what i want to do is want to help you how to not just utilize your voice but your body language your hand gestures your legs your movements because mm-hmm. um, i'm really big into like social cues and body language and i love observing people and be like just reading the just reading the room and reading the language yeah 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 so are you big into like psychology and things like that i am big into psychology yeah too. okay yeah. I feel like, like, okay I, yeah let's I, go there i love psychology too and uh because that correlates a lot with like um body language and i i also love uh talking about like emotional intelligence or like yeah um, understanding why we're thinking this certain way it's very intriguing for sure yeah. for sure yeah let's head there yeah let's head yeah. there because I, I i feel like um a lot of a lot of what you're doing or, or mm-hmm. like the the work that you're taking on really mm-hmm. um goes back to like uh, a psychology thing oh, or yeah. or uh, maybe not even like yeah i guess it's like psychology but not intellectual but like more mm-hmm. of just like instinctual right, and behavior right. sciences yeah. you know um so so uh, yeah are there any specific like scientific like psych psychological reasons that you do the things that you do that you found along the way or that you like you've known from the start and you just kind of like oh like let me if you know like if people think like this then like mm-hmm. why don't we try to integrate that yeah i i know that as a by by doing a lot of uh speaking and workshop presenting i do know that people uh, we don't have a, a long attention span. This is mm-hmm. not so much psychology, but more on like understanding our, our your own individual physical state and like mm-hmm. how you think and process a person. Uh, but then that all comes back to me personally too. Like I self-reflect myself a lot. And yeah. if I'm like this, then I know that either one or two people in that same room is just like me. So so I know that um, that a lot of people don't have, so we don't have like a, a long attention span. So yeah. how do we like disrupt that is like we we have to add movements like even if you're stuck behind the podium like your hand movements like the eye is very distracting because because nowadays we have our mobiles everything's so fast we're moving so fast yeah. so how you can't really keep one person stationary so if you're stuck in one spot use your arms you use your vocal variety mm-hmm. um and i also know that um when it comes to uh presenting uh when you're talking in front of a group and there's no podium in front of you and as a psychology or, or as as a uh, social cue standpoint, if mm-hmm. we oh, I don't know if you know this, but if you're at a party and you're talking to a group of people, and or just a person at the party, right? Mm-hmm. And you look at their feet, and if one of their feet is pointing at you and one of the feet is pointing away from you, you what do you think that usually means? It, it means that they want to get out of the situation or they they, they want to leave. 
so they're not fully into you. So like if my feet are like this and you're standing in front, right in front of me, so it's like this, but my feet is facing the other way. One of my feet is facing the other way. That means you're not attentive and you want to leave. So that's a nice cue for you to, to know that, okay, this person wants to do the conversation. So, mm -hmm. so by understanding those small cues, uh, for a speaker, what I always try to do is I always try to make both my toes and my feet point the audience. Um, and it's just kind of like when you're talking, if me, you were talking, right, and I have my arms crossed, that means I'm really engaged. I want to listen to you. But if my arms aren't crossed and my legs like out this way and I keep looking around, that means I kind of want to leave. So, yeah, so by I understanding those kind of social cues individually, how do you do that as a speaker to make everyone engage? It's like try not to mimic those as much. So have both your feet facing the audience at all times and mm -hmm. then. Uh, trying to fidget too much because that can also be a distraction to a lot of viewers and your listeners. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, oh, man. I just kind of like blanked out there. Yeah. My phone, <laughs> dude. Right my phone, man. Oh, I thought I turned it off. No, you're good. Um, I think mine's off, too. No, but so <clears throat> on that note, um, I think, yeah, I think a lot of people don't. Oh, yeah, this is what I kind of wanted to get into. So, you know how, like, when people think, like, oh, great speeches are, like, great speeches because, like, they had a great message to the to deliver and things mm -hmm. like that. It's, like, very intellectually mm -hmm. stimulating or there was a great message mm -hmm. or the way that their tone of voice looked like. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, all those aspects are true to a great speech, mm -hmm. um, but there's a lot more involved in it, too. And, it, you know, <clears throat> a part of it is the attention span that you talked about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also just like when you move, um, it's just kind of like so in relation to the attention and attention span uh -huh. there's like a novelty aspect to it mm -hmm. you know so when there's novelty happening uh, people are more likely to keep paying attention more yeah and so you know like when you're moving and stuff like uh -huh. um if you're not doing the same movements over and over right, again right. like you you kind of like switch it up and things like that right um not only physically but also in your voice you know you can keep the people interested because mm -hmm. then they're like oh what's they're not actually thinking like oh right. what's gonna happen next but like in our in the back of our minds mm -hmm. we're just like oh what is gonna happen next? Right. like we don't know what is gonna happen right. next so like like i guess we'll just keep watching and paying attention yeah. you know and then you know uh you know <clears throat> we can do you know the human brain is so powerful it's capable to mm -hmm. do like a lot of things at once oh yeah um i would say limited to like five things at once mm -hmm. like in terms of like hearing smelling mm -hmm. touching uh seeing and things like that mm -hmm. um but yeah dude i i totally i totally feel right. that like so so how how we're so similar on the topic of like of talking and, and yeah. speaking and kind of sliding that into how aware are you when you are communicating or socializing in a network opportunity or like just at parties or, or gatherings? How yeah. aware of your, how aware are you on your communication skills? Um, like at that moment or at or, the moment um, and, and in general, when you're just observing or like walking around, um, pretty, <clears throat> I would say I'm pretty in tune with myself. Okay. Um, I can tell when somebody is not interested in talking with me yeah. at all. And you know, <clears throat> Um, when I'm not talking with somebody and I'm in a room full of strangers, um, it really 
depends on the day if I'm like willing yeah. to go talk with somebody. Like, you know, there's some days where I'm just kind of like, okay, I I don't want to talk with anybody. And then there's actually some days where I like, oh, I feel scared to talk to yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. um, so give or take, you know. Yeah. Um, but something that I've learned, or or something that I've come across on, was the idea of uh, people are most not vulnerable they're not vulnerable but like they're most open to like to have conversation mm-hmm. um at the drink table yeah um so the idea is there is that like if there's a drink table where people go and grab like water or juice or whatever mm-hmm. right when they turn around is like an instance of a moment where they're looking for somebody uh-huh. to conversate with or mm-hmm. they're looking for their group and so if you're ever alone yeah and uh you just want to like talk with somebody uh-huh. go find people at the drinking table like yeah looking around yeah. trying to talk with somebody uh and you know i thought about myself I was like yo facts like yeah i've had that moment a lot <laughs> yeah i had those moments a lot too it, it's it's funny that you bring that up because um whenever i do go to events or social social networks and socializing now like that's the first thing look at is like where's the water we're gonna get a cup of water yeah so i go uh and get a cup of water um and so another thing to the next time you go to a gathering or, or a social event, pay. I want you to pay attention and to the viewers listening. I encourage you guys to pen, uh, pay attention to how people are holding the cups. I don't know if you heard of this this method, but uh-uh. imagine I have a cup, right? And if I have the cup in front of my chest like this, right, in front of my chest, that means that person is enclosed. They don't want to be bothered. They don't want to talk to anybody. So, so, but if the person has their for the cup in front of the chest, but right in front of the belly button, that means their chest is open. So that means they're open for conversations. So a lot of the times, even you do yourself, you're at a party. How often you hold your beer? If you hold your beer like this, that means one, you're there by yourself. You don't know a lot of people, and you don't want to talk to anybody. Yeah. So you would put the cup in front of your chest because you're kind of enclosed by yourself. Yeah. But then you're right. As soon as you drop it lower, it means you're you're comfortable in the space. You want to talk to people. If you go and you notice a bunch of friend group talking together and they face each other, you look at how they're holding the cups. They're holding all the cups together like this because they don't want to invite anybody else in because that that's their group, so they're doing that. But so what I say too is when you go into a room and you have mm-hmm. a cup, don't hold it from your chest, but hold it right in front of your belly button because that's showing that you're. You're open for conversation. You're not blocking anything. Because when we see objects in front of our chest, like a, a girl holding a purse or you're holding textbooks, mm. we see that as like an enclosed or insecurity or you're protecting something or you don't okay. want to be bothered. So the same yeah, psychology sure. works too when you're at a party or gathering, you're holding something from your chest. Um, so then pay attention to that. And, and that's when you're at a, at a drinking station, um, see how the person's holding the cup. And when you're, when you're, um, you sometimes do too and also it's also like like thinking back <laughs> yeah like see if i like because i know for sure i do too and, and the reason i brought up to see how aware are you when you're communicating because for me i made a mission for me to be always aware because i'm always experimenting on like social cues and like small gestures yeah. and stuff i yeah. like when you're talking to somebody on the table right you have you have a cup in front of you yeah. and if you ha- if that person has a for me i feel like if that person has a cup in front of them and I have my cup in front of me too. I feel like that's kind of like a barrier be- between me and that person. So, so the best way to have like an uh, open communication and conversation is when both cups are removed from the table or put on the side, mm-hmm. so that there's nothing there. Like even those small subtle subjects, yeah. definitely you you don't tell, but you can't tell, but really it does make a difference in the conversation. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, presentation means a lot. Yes. Um, uh, I don't know about the 
or the beer or the cup holding one though. Okay. I, I feel like I leave it I don't know, I feel comfortable when I leave uh-huh, it up uh-huh. here. Um and, and it does it does differentiate it's not all the yeah, same yeah it's you not see, like a it's right. not like a, a one-time one side fits all right, kind of a right, deal right. No, like, I, you, have to, you have to see that and you read the situation and you read other cues and you yeah. can tell it's not just like oh cup he doesn't want to talk that's that's <laughs> the that's the beauty about yeah like he doesn't want to oh no, I, I was like, next scoop but yeah. that's the beauty of like understanding body language and social cue is that like it's not just you have to interpret more than one social cue. Like if you see the yeah. cup here, then you see the way they're pointing their legs, or you see the body posture, and then you connect the dots. And okay, this person is feeling anxious, or this person yeah. just want to talk, and you move on. Yeah. yeah. But eye contact <clears throat> uh, was what I was going to mention earlier. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. You know when I used to practice it a lot, and I still practice it. Uh-huh. I I kind of gave up practicing it ever since I stopped like being like a leader and yeah, stuff and yeah. facilitating and so uh-huh. like i stopped it um but yeah eye contact is really mm-hmm. really powerful and things like that and sometimes i find it hard to look at other people in the eye mm-hmm. when i'm talking to them mm-hmm. it's easier to look <laughs> when you're not talking yeah 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 because and i think everybody gets mm-hmm. it too because like it's like right when you're talking and then they're looking at you you're looking at them right in the eye yeah. it's just kind of like almost intimidating and yeah. you're like trying to form your thoughts <laughs> and then you're like, like oh this true. guy's looking at me this dude's yeah. looking at me like yeah. oh man like i can't like it's too much pressure while yeah. i'm trying to think you know you know it's funny um, um I think eye contact is probably one of the most important, aside from, you know, your your language and your hands or whatever, but it's yeah. one of the most important gesture cues that shows how engaged you are. Yeah. Like, even if you don't talk a lot, you just look in the eye, just shows, oh, my God, this dude is listening. He's engaged. He's yeah. interested. Uh, like, even I, growing up, was very nervous of making mm-hmm. eye contact. You know, I, I was look away or I wouldn't know where to look. Yeah. Do I look in the forehead? Do I look outside? <laughs> um, but for, for my, how I do it is I... I made it also, uh, I think it, it took me a while to get used to looking people in the eye when I talk to them and when I'm listening. Yeah. Uh-huh. But I think when you're talking, it's okay not to have like eye contact, look around. I think that's natural. Yeah. But um, what I usually do is I will look you in the eye for like maybe five, 10 seconds. And I'll just like look away, maybe your hands while I look back at you when you're talking. Yeah. Um, but I think holding that eye engagement um, does a couple of things. It shows you're engaged. Uh, it shows that you subconsciously it shows that this person is serious or like he, yeah. he's very he has a really nice a strong charisma as mm-hmm. like he's strong individual he's very confident so eye contact also makes you look come more that much more confidence mm-hmm. and um and for the features if, if you're a, a single dude or or, or lady uh, eye contact you look at someone in eye contact it shows a lot more of the, of their features yeah if you look straight in the uh, eye for a long while all the features face? like the nose the face okay. start coming out uh, so that's why in dating tips, they always say just do eye contact. Because you just look at them in the eye, yeah. you stare, and then their features start popping out, and you start seeing that more. So that's the reason why eye contact is, uh, I feel like it's a it's a strong asset that not a lot of people utilize and understand about eye contact. Because you just look at, because I do that, like, I'll, I'll look at like people in straight eyes, and you will start noticing the features, their nose, their hair, mm-hmm. the eyebrows, their bone, che- cheekbones, yeah. the lips. People start noticing my yeah, yeah, yeah. my hairline. Yeah. It's like <laughs> receding or yeah. something. I don't think it's actually receding, but right, like, right. Um, it's. I just got a huge ass forehead, man. <laughs> I, I can kind of see it, man. I think I do too. Dude, yeah. no, mine's is huge. Look, everybody looking at the video, oh, yeah, mine's yeah, 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 is yeah. huge as heck. That's why I keep the top long and the side yeah. short. Hey, hey, you gotta, you know, you gotta own it, you know. Yeah. So, so since we're on this, the 
topic of like forehead and stuff like how <laughs> what how how confident are you in yourself to be like yeah i got a big forehead but yeah i'm only like a boss yeah i'm pretty know? confident dude I, I it never really came to my attention that i had a huge forehead like i never really realized it until like i was in college <laughs> oh yeah i never i never like um that was when i was like man my hairline is like way back like i got a huge forehead i <laughs> i thought i was just like normal and then like, yeah. it was like uh sophomore year in college mm-hmm. that i realized that like or i had this epiphany i was like oh i got a huge forehead dude yeah, yeah. i was like wait is my hair uh am i ha- do i have a receding hairline i don't uh-huh. know like um but i think i've had this hairline it hasn't you know I don't really know because I don't actually keep measurements. Right, right, um, right. You know, I think that if I stress out about it, it will actually come to fruition. Right, um, right. I don't want a self-prophecy to happen on me. Okay. Um, but so, uh, but I don't think that it's actually receded since, like, I've noticed. Okay. Um, but, yeah, dude, I just, I own it. The only thing, um, so there's a thing, right, mm-hmm. in terms of, like, forehead and head and, like, hairstyles mm-hmm. and things like that. So there was, like, I've, I've read a couple of articles that like say that like if you have these styles of heads, you should try wearing these styles of hair, like these hairstyles, because mm-hmm. more specific hairstyles complement specific types of heads more uh, often than not. Right, right. I agree. Um, um, so for me, and it also depends on how your hair grows. So like for me, my hair grows like uh, once it reaches a length uh, on top. It, it doesn't like to, like, stay up. Mm-hmm. So, like, when I put, like, <clears throat> wax or pomade or gel, um, it could stay up, like, the way I like it with yeah. the volume for, yeah. like, maybe, like, 15, 20 minutes. And then after that, it, like, gravity just does its thing yeah, and it goes yeah. back down. And so it ends up looking like this again, you know? Okay. Um, but my sides, when they grow out, they they grow out long and then, like, they, sl- you know, they slouch because yeah. of gravity. But then they also keep growing they don't grow down anymore they just grow out like yeah so i look like a mushroom because (laughs) the top is flat and my sides are like this i don't know it's it's funny because i'm looking at you here right now and you have really thin hair because for me i have have like really thick hair i can just kind of look at it and the reason why your hair is growing out like too is because it's the way you're cutting it right now and you're styling it so no dude i'm not really i'm telling you like this is this is really recent this is really recent styling yeah and before this dude it was always like mushroom status dude my my hair my size they grow out like wolverine sideburns oh yeah and and it's funny how you were talking about like a different style will fit a particular style of your heads yeah and for me i went through like three different hairstyles and in high school i had these straight bangs remind my hair now here we go bangs like this and i look ridiculous and then i transitioned over to the mohawk because tinging was the bomb that time <laughs> I, Yo! mohawk. I had like the side cut and then the, and then the, the mohawk representing yeah. and then finally um transitioning to college i looked at all the ogs like all the dads right the mong dads like yeah. they all have the same hairstyle like I kind of dig it. I, I switched my dad has a hairstyle where you cycle home. And I'm like, yeah. I, I'm kind of digging it. You know, so let me let me test it out. And I tested it out. At first, it, it didn't look it good on me, but I had to learn how to style it. So now this is like my legitimate hair that I think I'm going to stick to. <laughs> I think that's going to match You're going to grow me. old with this yeah. hairstyle. <laughs> I'm going to grow old with this hairstyle. I'm going to match no matter what. And I feel like this hairstyle <laughs> is very natural. And it's yeah, like, yeah. it's neutral. You know, you don't look too, 
you don't look too ridiculous i think it's a it's a it's an easy process it's just you know i do it so much that sometimes when i go to sleep and i wake up and my hair will still be still the same so it's kind of like dang i woke up looking like this with the hairstyle because I, I do it so often yeah yeah i like the <clears throat> so i've noticed for me i it's just that my hair doesn't like to obey what i tell it to do mm -hmm. but the messy hair like the messy korean uh fluffy uh hairstyle mm -hmm. is like kind of like what i think looks best on me mm -hmm. uh, but the thing is is that my hair to get to that length um causes my hair to like go flat again mm -hmm. so like the stuff doesn't make it stay up as long as i would like it mm -hmm. to and then um but it's too short and what if i cut it short enough where it can stay up there mm -hmm. then it just doesn't like mm -hmm. look right in general mm -hmm. so I, i'm still trying to find a good right. happy medium um, so so then how was your self-image growing up from high school to college because in the senior now man i feel like your your really your fashion is great and your confidence is like top notch I, i'm feeling a lot of confidence from you and oh yeah you seem to be doing good on your own as like networking and then being a professional in your industry so then how did how were you always like that in high school or like did you kind of like go through leaps and challenges to get where you are now you know? um <clears throat> Yeah, I didn't know that this was an interview for me. No, well, I mean, kidding. I think it's a conversation for both <laughs> yeah, me yeah, and yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I definitely was never like this all the time. Yeah. Um, it really... I don't really know how to explain it because, like, I feel like I've always been sort of maybe not as confident as i am right now but mm -hmm. always been some sort of type of confident the closest to where i am right now probably started when i was probably a junior in high school uh -huh. so that's when i started doing choir that's when i started doing theater um that's when i started to just like do things um in general like by myself so yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so um you know before then i i I would be pretty confident, but like with Hmong people, you know, mm -hmm. and just like in the community. But at school, I just wouldn't talk to many people. Or I'd just be like very like low key because mm -hmm. like I would talk with people, but I'm like very low key. So I didn't have like really a lot of close friends at that time. And even before that time, because, you know, I went to a school where it was mainly a lot of white people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you grow up with like those stereotypes of like, oh, Asian guys like this, this, this and like you know so like for a lot of dudes at least growing up that maybe you can also resonate right, right. was that for me going to a high school for a lot of white girls i was like yo i want to try to get a white girl but then like i'm like oh man these white girls they don't really like me because i'm asian you know mm -hmm. like you know like we use the fact that i'm asian i can't get a white girl because like you know one you always see the asian girl with the white guy mm -hmm. but you never see the white girl with the asian guy yeah so that's one that's a depressing thing to just mm -hmm. like always notice not in <clears throat> movies but in life in general mm -hmm. uh, so i've i always see that and I, I rarely ever saw a white girl with an asian guy mm -hmm. and if that was true uh like i was not never attracted to that white girl yeah 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 um so uh that was one thing and then you know like the the stereotypes growing up just like asians like that that so you know at school i wasn't that confident it wasn't until i hit college that i kind of like just kind of like came came full blossom you right. know um 
And that was because I was like, you know, I will, first of all, I made a decision to go to art school. Yeah. So that was one. And then the second part of that was that I was in Chicago, uh, which is, you know, eight hours away from here. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a long ways away from the family. So I could just do whatever the heck I want. Mm -hmm. I could finally live the life that I dreamed of, you know, like in the big cities and things (laughs) like that. And, uh, you know, I never came home except for like Thanksgiving sometimes, but for sure, always Christmas. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's when I, ever came i didn't even like come home for the summer mm-hmm. uh, if i came home for the summer it would be just like for one month mm-hmm. so i was in chicago at least 11 months times a year okay and over there is kind of like where i just like my i guess like i've always had it within myself and it, it didn't really just come out until i hit mm-hmm. college um yeah yeah that's crazy i think <clears throat> i think your yours hit yours pretty early on in high school so my mine's it hit me until like freshman year in college because uh-huh. throughout my throughout my high school year my fashion and the way i carried myself was this preppy boy who i like i legitimately like wear super tight skinny jeans and uh-huh. i would wear like flannels and bow ties uh-huh. and vests well, i would like, dress that's up a, that's a pretty good style yeah but i was like dude you're in high school why are you why are you dressing like that <laughs> well when i look back I at my pictures so. uh i'm just being hard on myself so so i i was like that for all four years and then freshman year in college I dressed the same. I was wearing skinny jeans, uh, flannels, bow tie. Not saying that was bad, but for me, I thought like, like, why are you dressing up so much for? Like, who are you trying to be good for? Yeah. And then when I went to college campus, you know, college, you know, is really laid back. Everyone yeah. was so laid back, and everyone was also like wearing sweatpants. It's so casual. And I was sitting, I was like, the oddball out. I was like, damn, like, am I doing too much? I did that for like, after a whole week. I went through a whole entire like wardrobe change. Like, oh, man, wow. I think I think definitely I'm gonna lose a bow tie. I'm gonna lose the flannels. I'm gonna lose the skinny jeans. And I started wearing just like looser clothes, like khaki straight uh, straight cuts or like yeah. t-shirts and then like loose flannels. And then um, I definitely went from very dressed up to down down being uh, very casual. And then nowadays more like being lazy. Just now I just wanna be comfortable. You know, like, I just wanna be comfortable loose clothes that I can yeah. move in. Yeah. Um, but then going back to, uh, you said something interesting about like, about, cause you were being Asian, you can't get the white girl. Mm-hmm. And, and I definitely, I definitely know that mindset. Cause at one point I do feel like because I'm Asian, I couldn't get this specific opportunity or this specific goal thing. Mm-hmm. But then I've kind of like switched my mindset, which I think it goes back to your, your individual self or like, yeah. it's all in your, it's all in your mentality. Like, yeah, man. I feel like if I, cause I have friends I have a friend who he uses, I'm Asian, so I can't get girls as an excuse. Well, as yeah. his reasons. And then he knows about it too. And I was lecturing him like, you know, it's not about you being Asian. It's just about you being not confident in yourself. And then it's just kind of like, it always goes, goes, goes back to you. Like every guy has an equal opportunity. Like if you're white, you're black, you're Asian, uh, it doesn't matter what race you are. It's all about the confidence and how you cure yourself. And then yeah. um, and it, it doesn't even have to attract girls or attract people it's just uh, who do you attract to you mm-hmm. and, and the people that come to you is more about how you cure yourself and the race doesn't really have to do anything and the way i see it is if if i know that i couldn't get that specific thing because maybe because i was asian then well dang i guess i'll hurt i'll work 10 times harder to get it next time or work 10 times harder for a different job like i, I was c there's a plan a b c and d if plan a doesn't work i do b i do c like i, I always yeah. i'll never use the race card because i feel like that's kind of like 
cheating. It's a cop out. It's a cop out. Like, yeah. I guess it just if I if, if she, let's say if she doesn't like me because if she doesn't like me, then maybe once because I'm not confident enough. Maybe because I'm too short, or maybe because you know I don't have enough credential. But it's never like mm-hmm. it need like racial, racial like Asian because I feel like that's yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I do want to say that like, so to your point, it it is a cop out if you're really just mm-hmm. relying on that sole reason. Um, like if that's the first reason that comes out of your mouth, then that really is a cop out. But I mean, I'm not gonna lie, there are barriers to entry with. Oh yeah with anything in in our world right now um you know and i was talking about this with nelsie too um was that you know like our system is technically built for the white man and so like Mm -hmm. you know um so everything is to really elevate the white man and that's that that's a basic fact and and hidden truth that people don't really know about and so like you know like yeah there are going to be people out there that don't like your race but like if we were to give this a point system Mm -hmm. and race is just one of those categories right right like race is just one of those categories you still have to factor in how you smell how you look what your hairstyle is are you ashy yeah did you shower is your hair greasy you got to factor in all these things and race is just one of those categories but race race doesn't make up 50 percent. right it doesn't seclude you from from yes exactly so yes race plays a there's a role in race being there but Mm -hmm. um you know for all my asian brothers out there yeah who still feel this way you can get the white girl bro you just gotta whatever it is it's not just because you're asian it's it's a lot of reasons it's not just the fact that you're asian it could be a lot of reasons. I don't know your specific situation, y'all, but like, yeah. listen up. Uh, confidence definitely is a big role. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that if people roll in relationships and in life with confidence, mm-hmm. then you're more you're more likely to succeed in a lot of the endeavors you take. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there's always going to be failures, but uh, yeah. you know, don't let that hold you back. But so, yeah. so, so talk, it's funny that we are um, talking about race and confidence and stuff, and I think. Just touching a little bit about on the confidence part i think for me um how i find my confidence <clears throat> is through the richness of experiences that i've uh had that i've um, encountered like all of my friends that i've encountered in college mm-hmm. and now are my real close friends and then my family and then my career and then all these accomplishments that those are my confidence um and that's what so it's kind of like you have to ask yourself what makes you confident is it you is it your, is it having family is it having mm-hmm. friends is it being a brother is it being a great uncle or a great aunt like for me i have more than just one source of confidence yeah. i have many sources of confidence i have i have confidence coming from family friends mm-hmm. um my my job my my accomplishments and my passions those are all of my confidence that's why like if someone was to bring me down it would be so much harder because then you bring me down you have to take down like five other pillars, 10 other pillars that I'm that, that makes me confident. So yeah. I think that's something that I like usually always remind myself mm-hmm. that, hey, even though you today was like a shitty day, you still have friends, families, and your passion that loves you that you love to do, right? So that just, that's why I get my feet back up. On, that's how I get myself back on my feet. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. So like <clears throat> on that note, like, so you say like you're you're drawing this confidence from external sources. Mm-hmm. Would you say that's a really accurate description of your confidence then? Um, 
that your confidence comes from external external sources rather mm-hmm. from internal yeah i i think confidence is like a very vague word because i said that but then for my confidence yeah, it comes from external source but it also yeah. comes from internal like it could come externally to me but it's to me to how do I interpret that? Like some people could say like, I have comments coming to me from family and friends, yeah. but then I'm gonna come for that moment. And then yeah. my mind says, okay, I'm gonna come for that moment. But then when it comes to me, I have to tell myself then, okay, my family supports me. So how yeah. do I build confidence? Okay, I'm gonna graduate four years degree. I'm gonna make my family proud. How am I gonna do that? I'm gonna find a job. I'm gonna do these stuffs. So it's all about when it comes to you is how you interpret that confidence. Because confidence can come from within you or outsource. Not I'm not excluding the outsource and insource. Yeah. Uh, but it's how when it comes to you, how do you interpret that to make sure you remain in confidence? Because some people could get confidence from buying a new car, but then after you get a new car, how do you still remain confident? Maybe you yeah. clean the car, you go for a car while you keep up the maintenance, you go pick up people, drive your nieces and nephews around, you know, so they so yeah. they see your new car, stuff like uh-huh. that. Yeah. Yeah, it is a very vague term. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I think, you know, some people would, would like to differ. I, on the other side mm-hmm. of the, of your, of your argument, so mm-hmm. to speak, they would probably be like, well, then, you know, if you're, if you're coming from that point of view, mm-hmm. then that means like, you really don't have any confidence because if, mm-hmm. if, if your 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 internal confidence is reliant on your interpretation mm-hmm. um, or perspective of external confidence, mm-hmm. then technically, if all of that were to disappear, you actually have zero confidence. Right, right. Um, and I, you know that that's a worst case scenario right, for right, all your right. pillars that like right. make you who you are. Yeah, <clears throat> but and then that's that's a great point. But then that also, if you think about it too, that also shows how resilient you are. As mm-hmm. in, like, let's say that my confidence do sometimes come from outsource and when it comes to me yeah. and I interpret that in a way where it makes me more confident then that also shows that you know how to self-motivate yourself. Cause you, cause yeah. it, like if my friends believe in me that I could just stop it at that, but I'm like, you believe in me. Okay. Now I'm going to get more workshops. Then. So that means I'm a uh-huh. self initiator. So yeah. that's why it goes back to, to you too. So then your confidence is kind of like you, um, it's, it's, it's yourself too. So it's not, it's like, it goes both ways. It's push and pull. Yeah. Um, yeah for sure i also do want to put out there that like um especially in the in the stuff that you're doing right now mm-hmm. like i'm pretty sure like you talk about intentionality yeah um so like whatever you do do it with intention and when you do things with intention you kind of it gives off the i the i don't want to say the facade but like the the image of that you're actually confident mm-hmm. um so you know like when you're public speaking and things yeah. like that you you know you talk about movement and things like that but you you know like when you're talking you can't just be like doing this all the time yeah, yeah, this yeah. is this gets distracting <laughs> oh like, yeah it does you know like you know like you know like yeah, this uh-huh, is that that uh-huh. blah 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 <laughs> that. you get one you get one you get one, you get one. <laughs> yeah and it's like when you're doing it's like motion with intention mm-hmm. is really what i think you know what you you also talk about mm-hmm. too Mm -hmm. um with that because a little while ago you know i was doing a little speech for an app that was developing Uh i'm still developing it 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 was it's still in beta and so you know the whole the whole talk was about like inspiration because the app is really about inspiration um and so you know i started off from one end of the room 
And by the end of the speech, I was at the other end of the mm -hmm. room where the podium was, <clears throat> where I had where I had my whole setup and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of like, you know, like it's just like I knew that my speech had to last the full length, or I had to walk. You know, my pace varied mm -hmm. along the whole arc, a whole the whole journey of that speech. But mm -hmm. along the way, you know, you and then again eye contact, mm -hmm. doing the hand gestures. Yeah. you know and and you know like um uh, so a little bit of it was like uh uh, uh a little bit was it uh, I don't, i'm gonna see if i can remember um i know for sure i said that like um i believe that people are inherently good and so like when i said that during that time i like did this mm -hmm. and like <clears throat> like I made hits on like the parts that I really wanted to emphasize. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know yeah. if you talk about that too. Yeah. Yeah. So actually in my workshop, I, I talk about all of that. Um, and for me, I think when I, when I teach people my methods, I'm not teaching you to be like me. I'm teaching you to understand the method and then you use that and do your own way. If, yeah. if this is you, then go ahead and do that. For me, yeah. I, I, I use my, the finger, I do this, but, but it's more like you understand you do yourself. Yeah. Um, uh, but as long as you know that, okay, if I move, that's what's gonna give you attention. Then how how is my movement gonna be? Like, what's my what's my style? Yeah. Um, and then go to the point where you're saying like movement, moving with intentions. So I don't know about you, but for me, I always go first to look at the room, the setup, and analyze it, um, and to see what space I'm working with. So yeah. I'm pre pre planning. Yeah. And also anytime, even if it's something super small and seeing over my workshop, like I practice in front of a mirror a lot like i practice because as a dancer that's why i, I bring dance because at dancing we, we rehearse two for we rehearse like hours and hours same thing with my speech even if i'm just gonna do keynote or i'm doing my workshop i rehearse my body language like uh -huh. so i get used to it to the point where it's normal where yeah because when i first started i looked like, like i'm very animated so it looked it was distracting but then i was like okay if i want to talk about body language i myself have to be really good so i yeah. practice and practice to the point where it's natural now so i know when to use hand gestures when to move and how to so it's like even if it's something small i'll practice like mm -hmm. give myself two hours i'll just practice hand gestures and i'll practice when should i move when i say the certain word how should i use my hands mm -hmm. and uh when do i not use my hands so all of that so all of my intentions may look natural but it's all very like calculated calculated and rehearsed in a way where it's natural where it doesn't look like scripted that's that's how particular per how's that word peculiar peculiar i am with oh, my okay movement. yeah, yeah. Oh, okay yeah gotcha. like you're very nitpicky i forget that that word is definitely not but i'm very yeah. nitpicky to when i'm speaking it's like i rehearse everything it's kind of like being scripted uh -huh. but so scripted where it becomes natural where people can't tell yeah 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 i am kind of like not the opposite of you right. not that i don't put in practice at all right because right. i do practice i but i mainly focus on what i'm going to say yeah um and i i think that's just one of the i don't think i was born with this mm -hmm. um i do think i definitely had to work into it yeah. but i just don't know how i got really well versed in like doing those movements right right um you know a part of me uh so like i don't rehearse my movements that much mm -hmm. at all like you know i do like to get prepared in the mm -hmm. room like go check it out see see like what mm -hmm. i can do there but i think for me 
I, yeah, I really practice on like what I'm going to say, my mm -hmm. delivery of like the mm -hmm. words that I use right. versus the actual, like, I'm pretty sure you do, you do both. But like for me, I, I really focus on that uh -huh. um, because I, I think for the movement part, I just like, it's like a, like a refresh update, like right. every second, like right, when I'm in right. the room, yeah. in the room, it's just like, a, I don't know. I like to, yeah. and I think that's just a part of the way that I live life too. Mm -hmm. I, I don't like to. Mm -hmm. I, I've come to realize that having a plan is good mm -hmm. and um, I should stick to having a plan or a vision or a goal. Mm -hmm. But, you know, in terms of like how I get there, it's just right. kind of like you whatever. Know, it's funny that you're saying that because I also think that it's good to have a plan and sometimes it's good to just say, screw it, freestyle it. You know? Yeah. Yo, you, you should let me know the next time you go like, present or, or talk about something i want to i want to come see i mean yeah. I, I just want to come see how like yeah how, how you do your presentations i'm For always sure. intrigued seeing people present well you know well we're presenting at the same thing oh yeah, in yeah. a month yeah uh, you know so yeah the Hmong men conference that's coming up uh for everybody listening another plug yeah uh if you're listening to the nelsie yang uh podcast episode i plugged it there as well yeah yeah um yeah Before so Daniel's doing a workshop there yeah, yeah so yeah i know what you're doing so you're mm -hmm. doing your body movement and uh speaking mm -hmm. um but for me i don't think i've told you what i was doing have i no yeah I so, so so what i'm doing there is talk i in a very like condensed version i just essentially want to redefine what wealth is for the mm -hmm. community mm -hmm. um and so what i really want to draw a distinction from is like um one it really goes back to kind of the stuff you're talking about too it's yeah. like it's all about it's it's really a mindset and um in that i want to draw a distinction from being rich and being wealthy mm -hmm. um yeah, yeah and the example that i like to use um in that world is the example of you know you can win the lottery and you could be rich but that doesn't make you wealthy yeah. You know, because people win the lottery, you know, a lot. They're, you hear so many stories of people winning the lottery and then they go bankrupt and then they become in a worse situation mm -hmm. and a more worse situation than they were before they even won the lottery. Mm -hmm. So it's like it would have been better if they they had never won, you know. Mm -hmm. Right. And right. so. um, And yeah, that's just kind of like. For me, what what I'm talking about, and and so like, how do you become wealthy? And wealthy is kind of like a growth mindset, mm -hmm. um, and so that that's kind of like the mm -hmm. the premise of it all. And you know, in that I talk about self awareness. Mm -hmm. So like, we're we're really like mm -hmm. talking about right similar topics. Uh -huh. um, so I I think <laughs> I think I I probably you, but my workshop for the moment is actually not about speaking body language, but it's about um, it's focusing more on the two worlds of being a Hmong son understanding our traditional practices and all oh. written rules and how do we balance that by pursuing our major dream of being a professional career. So that's actually oh. my workshop. Oh, really? Yeah, so I'm hosting a workshop this weekend too about oh. body language and public speaking. Okay. But for Hmong conference, I'm talking about uh, I'll be talking about the, the how to balance uh, uh, a Hmong life and an American life. Okay. Uh, and what does a Hmong life mean to you and American life mean to you uh, as, as a Hmong son? Okay. Uh, we don't have like, it's just so many, so much in depth things goes into it, but in that workshop, I'm just going to be very high level and help everyone understand like 
how is how giving them techniques and resources on how to do it uh, through personal experiences and for yeah. sure your experience is even different but as long as you understand the resources and what works for you then yeah. that's that's the goal of the, the market shop for sure yeah okay wow yeah I, yeah yeah I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i was just i was just like replaying what you were saying i'm like oh no i think we're talking about something different yeah so yeah so mine is is definitely not about uh mindset and well yeah but, yeah for sure yeah but that's we, that that that's sick if, it's interesting that you said uh wealth and rich being rich and wealthy are a different thing because i think that's totally true yeah yeah yeah, yeah i don't I, want you to talk too much about it because you know, yeah i don't want you sure. to spoil anything but yeah yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, if you look at the, in, I, I'm just going to say this, that if you look into the dictionary, um, wealthy and rich basically have the same definition. Right. Uh, um, but I think that in the way that we use it, like colloquially, colloquially speaking, mm-hmm. um, it, it means wealth has a deeper meaning to it oh, than, yeah, yeah. than rich. You're right. Right. Um, even in stories that we tell, um, <clears throat> You know, like, why have two words in our language that mean the same thing? Mm-hmm. Like, that doesn't make sense right. unless one is meant to be, like, a deeper version of that, the first word, or, mm-hmm. like, it has more attached to it. Like, mm-hmm. dislike and hate, mm-hmm. you know? like Right. Do you, do you, are you also big into philosophy? Yeah, dude. <laughs> Cause, so cause big, me too. Like, I, so big. I'm so big to philosophy, too, because some days i'll just be so as a creative person i like to like just sit down and think about a bunch of things random things and yeah I, I was thinking to myself like you know since i i love philosophy and i i, I want to i was talking about my own experiences my own experiences like for the word the word love mm-hmm. love we can if me you can dive really deep into it i'm sure me you can come with so many different philosophies to it like yeah. love can mean so many it can mean lust it can be sex it can mean so many things yeah. but love for you can be you no know, friends family but love could mean like for the earth for, for money or whatnot so it's like same thing with the word rich and wealthy yeah you could be wealthy with family <laughs> or you could be rich with money or you could be rich with confidence rich with resources or you could be wealthy with resources and networking stuff like that mm-hmm. yeah well thinking deep yeah i mean on that i i want to go back to that topic of love too um i i'm just gonna say this and like you say whatever you want after okay, that, but okay. like to me i think when it boils down when it boils down to you know when you boil water down to the when there's no water left and all you have left are like the minerals or the salt pieces Mm -hmm. of what that Mm -hmm. was Mm -hmm. um to me that love when you boil it down to to its like core there's nothing left i think it always comes down to a choice choice yeah man so so you're saying love is a choice at <clears throat> when you boil it all the way down, uh-huh. it's a choice. In the end, it's always a choice. In the end, I, I agree because you can either choose to love or choose not to love. Or is that kind of because it's kind of like at the end of the day, <clears throat> if you get heartbroken, it was your choice to to fall in love and get heartbroken. You could have the choice to avoid that or choose to not get that. Kind of yeah. like that. Yeah. So you know. That's what I mean, and I, right. you know, a lot of people are gonna be like, "Well, I don't think that's true because, mm-hmm. like, you know, like, you know, because I've talked to people, it's like, but what if I really love someone, but I like, I don't want to love them, but I, I just love them, 
Yeah. And it's just like, you know, there's people who think that way right. and like, you know, like, well, if that's true, then how can you love someone and then not love them the next right. day? So like, you know, it's funny. It's a. Uh, so. I say that a lot. It's funny. It's funny. That's probably my favorite word. My favorite phrase. What? It's funny. That's funny that you said that. Like oh. before, funny. Oh. Okay. But um, but love. For me, I'm not. I'm very open minded. Like I, I love. I think there's no right or wrong answer. Yeah. But to your point, I'm leaning towards a little bit more that love is a choice because you can choose to love somebody, like. A partner like a girlfriend boyfriend uh-huh. or you could choose to love somebody as like oh you're my best friend i love you to life you know you're, you're my ride or die homie you're there for me or you could just for example like if you break up with your ex and you guys were really good friends but you guys broke up in good terms you could say oh i love her but i don't love her like like that i just love her because i respect her and she's always been there for me and we've mm-hmm. been there for each other so i just love her because you know she's a great person so that's yeah. why so love can also be a choice that like you could choose to love that person sexually or you choose to love that person like a friend or like uh, however you see that person so i think when it comes down to it it could be a choice if it is yeah. a choice well okay so this yeah yeah and yeah. just to dive even further into that okay like you know people say that love is a feeling and i say yes love is a feeling mm-hmm. and it's a choice but when you boil down to the the to the the end of the road mm-hmm. it's a choice uh, because like it's it can start as a feeling like it's the seed mm-hmm. and, but when when love is a tree it's a choice um, yeah, yeah so so you know like when you start like you know when you like someone it's just kind of like all these factors like oh man like i like her she's hot whatever or mm-hmm. like she's got a great mind or she's funny or like whatever even in saying those things you decided in your head mm-hmm. like you've made a choice to say she's hot she's funny she's got a big brain Mm -hmm. and i like that you know and in the moment you know when people talk about passionate love you Mm -hmm. know like you know you would do anything for that person and things like that um what you feel towards that person influences your decisions on how you act with them and mm-hmm. which in the end is still a choice like right 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 it's just that their influence is so big on you that that you feel that like it's not really a choice because right. like their influence is so big right. but it is really a choice in right. the end and then at the end you know like when people say like oh so the love you're talking about daniel is not passionate love it really is passionate love it's just that like passionate love doesn't you know like when people say, oh, if you're married after three years, that passion and love, like, it kind of disappears. Right. Um, I don't think it disappears at all. You choose, you're told I, to or not, right? Well, I don't think it disappears. It's just that that passion and love is still there. It's just that, like, you know, when you're in a relationship for that long, mm-hmm. all the, the negative things that you never saw in the first place get mm-hmm. put into this passion and love, mm-hmm. right? And so it kind of, like, dilutes all uh the positive like Mm -hmm. passion love is just like all positive you don't see no negative but like when you're dating someone for that long or married to someone that long you can start seeing all these negatives and then it's your choice to be like okay am i gonna let these negatives like right right change how i feel about them Mm -hmm. in the positive like Mm -hmm. on a day-to-day basis Mm -hmm. no like you know like when i was with my well we're not together anymore but when i was with my ex um where it's just like you know when you just look at your your partner and you're just like man like you're like super pretty today and it's just like <laughs> random it's like so totally <laughs> random but like you know it yeah. you know like uh 
you can only keep that if you if you're really choosing to focus on the mm-hmm. positive and if you're choosing to focus on the positive you're choosing to to focus on that on that heightened love that you want mm-hmm. and you know like even if you break up with someone right. you know uh, and you want to forget or or if the the argument of like hey like you know how can <clears throat> it's not love if you love them one day and you don't right. love them the next day um and that's why i always say it boils down to a choice is because like yeah like choose you can choose to stop loving someone and like that choice is a, a moment by moment thing mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. um yeah i yeah. agree i agree i i totally agree with you i guess i guess i don't know enough on the other argument point because i i also think that love is a choice but yeah if i hear the other side or why it wasn't it has to be kind of like i don't know enough of it to, for me to kind of decipher the two because right now yeah. i really do think like love is a choice yeah i think anything we do in life is a choice um mm-hmm. especially goes back to what we're saying like if you've been dating for so long it, it was your choice to either say hey to your partner hey babe like i think we are not the same anymore like we we should rekindle our love again or we should do so it's your choice to fall in love again or is your choice to fall out of love mm-hmm. um and it's always it's always your choice and it's always your partner's choice it's all about yeah. that also boils down to like communication the way you guys talk um unless the other argument goes like no love is always going to be there it's just kind of like the saying family first or family is always there uh which is like a whole different topic because i think sometimes that phrase family first or family is always going to be there it's kind of like diluted to like yeah. it's not always it's just like a lot of baggage to that and a lot of good and bad to that too. That phrase. Yeah. That phrase. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And also to the point of uh, that family and like mm-hmm. friends, like love for family, love for friends mm-hmm. and love for people that aren't romantic relationships mm-hmm. is I, I'm, I'm also including that in my definition. Right. Like, right. You know, you can hate your brother one day yeah. and then love them the next day. Right. Like, how does that work? Like, but right. uh, while you hated them, you still loved them. Like right. that, that don't that make goes, no that's sense. What I'm saying. Like it goes back to what I'm saying. Like you know, you get to choose to like my love for my like best friend, my guy, my dudes. Like yeah. is different from my love for my partner right now. It's like it's totally right. different. Like or my love for McDonald's is different from my love for chi- uh, for Chinese food or like for Hmong food. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like different different things. You, yeah. you get you get a choice there. Yeah, it's probably like a bad example, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, no, I feel, I feel you, I feel you. I hope everybody food listening feels the same life. way. You know, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. Well, mm-hmm. that's cool. That I didn't know that that was your topic for, um, the Hmong Men Conference. Yeah, dude. yeah. It's it's about um, our unwritten rules and practices, and how we balance that from our American practices. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I'm excited. So it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah but i i like i like the fact that like um you're coming from a place of of not uh methodology mm-hmm. um or or the mechanics of it all but mm-hmm. you're coming from a place of like where <clears throat> the mechanics um are enhanced through through these these um ideas or aspects of life you, mm-hmm. do you get what i'm saying so it's, mm-hmm. it's it's you're not coming from a place of like so long as you follow these steps you will oh you'll be a great right 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 you know versus like if you can find this then you can do all these steps in your own way right yeah kind of yeah, way yeah. you know because i i think that my way is never right for anyone's way but yeah. if you understand my way that i want you to take it and how can you make that your own way 
yeah, yeah. So, and I, so i think that's the best way to to grow individually because that's how i do a lot mm-hmm. um because a lot of artists as we see art we like we don't it's some people call it stealing uh or plagiarizing but i call it taking as an inspiration and like don't do the whole art by itself but like you take it as inspiration and take certain points like if i saw <clears throat> picasso's nice uh if i saw like, one of picasso's painting he like does some nice shapes i'll yeah. take that and i'm like how do i make my design have that kind of shape but different yeah inspired rather than being plagiarizing it well you know yeah at a certain level yeah don't plagiarize don't like steal but like but like but like when you're starting out in life and this is goes back to another belief i have Mm -hmm. like life the way to learn is through imitation it's through stealing it's through you have when you're first starting out yeah, you have to technically steal or imitate or copy or, you know, manufacture what you see um, because that's that's how you learn. Like, how else can you learn how to walk mm-hmm. if you didn't copy other people walking? Right. You know, yeah. that, 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 you know, right. like, you can't just, like, learn how to walk by mm-hmm. looking people fly. Right. Looking at people flying, mm-hmm. you know, like, you, yeah, yeah. So, it, so when you're starting out with art and stuff, like, you can't, you have to copy people. You mm-hmm. have to make it like mm-hmm. i mean you don't have to but like if you really to really excel yourself you kind of have to like get into the details of like, okay mm-hmm. okay i how do they make this like that mm-hmm. and like i want to make my music kind of sound like their music so i just need to copy what they're doing first right and then, to understand the structures and fundamentals and how do you yeah, yeah yeah just like in martial arts mm-hmm. you follow your teacher but at a certain level you know mm-hmm. you have to branch off and do your own mm-hmm. thing otherwise it, it becomes like you're um and i think it goes back to a, a place of like um if you're always stealing and copying mm-hmm. you're not really being authentic or true to yourself mm-hmm. and at the end of the day or at the end of your life that's what people care about the mm-hmm. most mm-hmm. Um, yeah and then like going back to that too when we've been imitating everything when we were kids like in elementary how to write letters we had dotted letters yeah, how to write letter a's especially cursive so we're always imitating and eventually yeah. shoot my handwriting does not look the same now <laughs> uh like even even as as an artist i didn't know how to draw manga anime characters uh-huh. until i had a manga anime on an anime book and i had to draw over trace over and that's how i knew how to draw arms how to draw their anime faces so yeah. if it wasn't for that book i probably wouldn't <clears throat> even know like where to start how to sketch so it's kind of like in the very beginning stages i think it's it's important to learn how to imitate as much as you can and then branch off on your own and have your own yeah style. for sure for yeah. sure and yeah and that's the part that i like about how you're approaching yeah. your your philosophy there because mm-hmm. uh, not everybody does it that way yeah um and i think but i think a, a lot of of advertisement and nowadays mm-hmm. they really go about it that way yeah, yeah. and and every aspect of life you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. especially the online course takers like yeah if you follow my seven steps yeah. you can make income a thousand dollar a month uh-huh. if you follow these seven steps yeah. in my online course yeah. at only 35.99 yeah. and if you don't get it then you <laughs> must have messed up a step yeah <laughs> go back and reread it yeah 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 yeah. yeah seeing courses like that online yeah and that's definitely something that because i hate following steps like that if i don't have the privilege to do whatever i want while mm-hmm. knowing your steps yeah. then i'm like yeah this is not for me like i want to know your steps but i want to also have the privilege to do whatever i want and make it my own way so if i feel like yeah. that then i hate to push onto somebody 
to do what I'm doing. So it's like, I would be contradicting myself. Yeah. 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 That I definitely feel that way about, um, you know, market management too, mm-hmm. or, uh, MLMs like, yeah. Uh, network marketing is, okay. you know, uh, that's a, I'm pretty sure people listening and know what that is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, network marketing is cool, but they have their own, um, they have their own way of going about it and that's how they teach their downlines. Yeah. And so the uplines, you know, they teach downlines and you really, there's not like, and, and a lot of structures that I've seen, there's not really like, there's a lot of rules put in place mm-hmm. that some of them make sense, but a lot of them kind of don't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, ML network marketing, it's definitely, it's a person to person thing. Yeah. Right. So, uh, and I get that and that's cool. But like, why can't you really tell me about what you're doing if it's not doing any harm mm-hmm. kind of a thing, you mm-hmm. know, like it, it's advised against to like not to for the downline people to be like, don't don't like give away the whole spiel to people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, on one side, it's kind of like they're not ready for it or they're going to think like it's all horse crap mm-hmm. and like you know and they're just gonna think you're in a scam or a pyramid mm-hmm. scheme and like they're all this negativity and people spread negativity more than they do positivity oh yeah for sure um and i i get that but like i i think it gets to a point where it's just like like you're in a network marketing structure yeah and like it's network marketing in our generation people more and more people realize that it's it's not a pyramid scheme anymore it's it's just another way of conducting business yeah um just tell me what you do in your network yeah. market i mean there's like do, do do you do you do you like the idea of network marketing i do like the okay. idea of network marketing because okay so i like where they come from yeah yeah okay yeah. I, I don't like their methodologies yeah yeah, yeah. that's it mm-hmm. um so they come from a place of like let's grow the individual mm-hmm. let's make sure that they can be to your point confident let's mm-hmm. make sure that they can be able to <laughs> speak up and like talk efficiently and present themselves well and like have a growth mindset Mm -hmm. and like make sure and make them realize that they can reach their dreams in life Mm -hmm. and that's what network marketing at the core uh really is about but i think because humans are so flawed we get caught up in like the mechanics of like how do i reach there and so people get caught up like they don't, they don't stick to like the core qualities they think like okay so this is how you reach those qualities and then we just get stuck there yeah yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. you know yeah and so for a lot of network marketing uh, companies you know they get caught up in like okay you need to have 10 people under you so you can yeah. reach this goal and yeah. once you reach this goal you can reach that goal and this <laughs> yeah. goal and this goal and once you reach that goal you can become financially free yeah uh you know and and that's all mechanics that's yeah. not like that's all like hard skills, mm-hmm. you know, but like soft skills is, it's way more important. Yeah. Um, and so that, that's my issue with that. And, you know, there's a lot of rules saying that like, yeah, you know, you, it's kind of like an exclusive club and yeah. I don't like exclusivity right? Uh, as right. a personal thing. It's just like, right. if, if you have knowledge to yeah. like go about it, then fine, go about it. Mm-hmm. And also, it also depends on your team and your upline, mm-hmm. you know, like, so I've been in network marketing stuff mm-hmm. too, but like sometimes the leadership and the team just doesn't vibe with me mm-hmm. and, 
and then it's just like well so you stop doing it yeah um because like i don't like it when as, as a personal thing i don't i don't i get that there's a filtration system of yeah. books and talks that they think can really help you like what if i really wanted to read a book or like recommend a book to my downline that yeah. isn't like recommended by the company right like what happens then like am i you know and people would say well don't do it because it's not really helping them yeah. um even though i think it would help them yeah. Yeah. so it, it's just that that yeah you know? i i've been to um a lot <clears throat> of networking mark network marketing um meetings where my friends were invite me out to go and i definitely seen it involved because i've been to so many during high school yeah and, and now i've been to a couple because sometimes uh so personally i i wouldn't do it i don't think i would ever do it because uh i feel like you being financially stable and getting to that life it's not it's like you say, it's mythology it's, it's all method but i feel like that is individual for me that's not something i want in life i never want to be I, I don't my goal isn't to be financially like the riches and like have all these things and be financially stable like yes of course it's financially stable but my end goal is to also um be able be able to pursue my career and do all this stuff and but the reason i'm saying it too is because some of the network marketing meetings i've gone to is the way when they when they share it and they pitch it it, it, it doesn't it doesn't resonate with me and i'm just yeah. sitting there like damn that like they're kind of wasting their time on me uh, yeah. And then I will question my friends who would bring me to it. Like, well, why are you doing this? And then their answers are usually just like, oh, dude, we got to make money. This is how you make money so you can live luxuriously do this. And you yeah. know, all I hear all the time is about money, yeah. money, money. But for me, yeah, I don't need money to live luxurious. My luxuriously is spending time with my friends, my family, yeah. my passion, dancing. Like my value I see thing is so different from what they see. So sometimes it's kind of like, Depending on which company it is, then yeah, then I haven't. I've never seen one that resonated with me uh, in that level. But I respect the people who are doing it because it does come back to your hustle, your mm -hmm. mindset, and mentality. Like more power to you. Like yes, yes more you're you're your own boss. Uh, but the <clears throat> the uh, the end result of it, it's not something that I'm seeking yeah. at the moment. But uh, for sure, not seeking as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure you know. Uh, I know a couple people that watch this. Mm -hmm. um, are in network marketing and mm -hmm. then one of the companies i don't know if, okay so so what do you know i i specifically know amway and there's the 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 phone and yeah i know that Amway the phone and there's also this um, one called that was it's like i don't know if it is anymore but where they sell coffee or something oh i don't know about that one yeah yeah i don't know about that yeah, i think that's pretty old it's, that, that was like back in high school though yeah yeah well they like the like coffee ground coffee coffee something huh yeah. Well, that's interesting that you say about Amway because I feel like people in Amway right now would say that like, oh, like you just got to come back to another meeting. Like you, yeah. you know, we don't really talk about like uh, money, money, money like that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we do talk about like that's the end goal, like, you know, to spend the time with the family mm -hmm. where you can be financially free to like take them on vacations and things mm -hmm. like that. And like, yeah, I respect that. I, I, mm -hmm. I do want to do that, too. Mm -hmm. I just don't think that for me, the reason why I got out mm -hmm. um I don't want to go about it that way. Right, right, um, right. Because for me, I, one, I've never been a big person, at least in, in Amway's mm -hmm. um, field of expertise. I've never been in a place where I like recommending products. 
yeah. at all to people. Yeah, I suck at doing uh, that. <laughs> yeah, and I've always been at a place where like I like recommending myself to people. Like, believe in the vision, believe in yeah. the dream. Yeah. Um, and so you can't really give that across with products. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to kind of like mm -hmm. sell the products almost. Um, and then on top of that, after you sell the products you essentially have to sell the business right um and you know i'm people in amway wouldn't use the word sell um probably introduce or but or those like, are just still word tactics yeah it's just word tactics so you're essentially yeah. just selling right. products and selling the business yeah. and you're selling the idea of self-development too mm -hmm. you know a part of what taboo tao is um for the folks who don't know, I'm Tabu Tao. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe get at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, we should put. I'll cut this out. Put it at the beginning. Um, but um, so Tabu Tao right now is just a personal brand, but people can listening in can take it and use it for themselves. I don't care because yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be riding full force towards this this dream of mine, yeah. anyways. So it's a personal brand right now. Yes, but. Um, I want it to turn into a a a place where um, I can curate that livelihood. So yeah. I do want it. I want to take I want to take the best aspects of businesses that I've encountered and just like mm -hmm. put them all together mm -hmm. um, to get a happy medium. So like businesses like Patreon. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. You know, I want to take their, mo I want to take uh, a portion of their model and implement it into what Tabutao will become. I want to take a portion of the network marketing and mm -hmm. put it into what it Tabutao will become, you know, like where I can empower specifically artists um, to, to understand the business side of things. And like, I, you know, yes, the business side, but like in life, you just need these skills in life in general, just yeah. to make it far yeah, yeah. Uh, to provide value to the world. And, you know, like on top of that, I do want to provide value to the world and like through the, through the podcast and like mm -hmm. through other things that I do, um, and the projects that I take on, you know, um, they're, they're, I mainly try to stick within, uh, social justice projects or activism mm -hmm. projects or, or projects that like can speak to the soul. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And so, and that's the, that's the dream of Taboo Town. So, you know, next step for me is to become mm -hmm. an, an agency of sorts where, uh, so what people also don't know is that I code, I program code. Mm -hmm. Um, so you're a busy man. Yeah. You know, so I, yeah, I'm working on an app. It's, it's not working right now uh -huh. the way I want it to. Um, but until I get that running, you know, my next step is to get a website in which, mm -hmm. I can tailor custom design, mm -hmm. uh, like, you know, like the 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 landing screen to mm -hmm. however meets the needs of mm -hmm. of the photographer, and I want to like put do it in a creative way. You know, Squarespace and Wix, like that's mm -hmm. awesome. That's that's fine and dandy. You mm -hmm. can customize it, but you can only customize right, yeah, so much. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that's next steps for Tabo Town on top of like you know continually right. building the brand right. and things like that you know you know that that's great i'm glad that i'm glad you're doing that i'm sensing a lot of both motivation and ambition and, and going back yeah. to what we're saying i think those two words are very different yeah um and like you have you have such big goals and dreams and, and such a high ambition and motivation that i think that's what usually drives an individual it's like if you're lacking one or the other then then you're not gonna go far like if you mm -hmm. have ambition 
but you don't have motivation, then you're not going to go far. You have motivation, but you have ambition, then you're going to give up fast. Yeah. Uh, and, and the metaphor I like to think of this is that um, for a gardener, I want my, my yard to look the best of the best. That's my ambition. Mm -hmm. My motivation is I have to go buy seeds, pesticides. I have to grow plants. So those little things are my motivation to get to my ambition. Okay. Um, or, or I think, or is it the other way? Interesting. I think my my no my my motivation yeah my motivation is to be the best have the best yard because that's okay. like I want to get there that's that's my motivation but my ambition yeah. is what's gonna fuel me to keep my motivations going yeah. so my ambitions are getting uh, gardening tools the seeds yeah. and plants because because my ambition is gonna keep me going to get my motivation to get there because my motivation is to keep the best yard right yeah so then if I don't have ambitions. And I just want the best yard, and I don't have ambition. Then I'm never gonna get there. Yeah, um, I think I would use yeah. different terms. So, yeah. so there's a term that I'm trying to like commercialize. Yeah, it's the term of a translator. Okay. So, um, so in this in this sense, like, I'm I'm gonna be your translator. Yeah. So like I'm gonna try to say the same thing that you're saying. Yeah. But in different words. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, and so you can say if I'm wrong or whatever, okay. just correct me. So. Um, at first I was like, m I would add the term execution to your list of motivation, ambition, and execution. Uh, -huh. uh but then the way, when you kept describing it, I was like, maybe execution, f motivation for me is the word execution. Yeah. So, um, for example, the ambition is the end goal. Like I want to, I have the vision, I have the dream. That's my right, ambition. Right. Yeah. But if you don't have execution, you'll never get to your dream. Right. You'll never get to your right. things. And so like the execution is along the way. Okay. Like, you know, how right. am I, how am I going to set incremental goals and things like mm -hmm. that to get to my ambition? Right. Um, and also if you never execute, you'll never, you'll right. never do it. Yeah. I think, I think that was the right, <clears throat> the right format. I think I swapped it up. But yeah, again, to execution, what you're saying, yeah. I think that's similar to motivation because motivation is kind of like execution because you need to yeah. be motivated to get your ambition. Yeah. And so that, yeah. that's what I want to get into next is yeah. that like the more you execute, um, you know, yes, you have failures, but the more successes you will have, which will indefinitely create more mm -hmm. motivation. Right. To, right keep going further yeah to keep yeah. going you know like yeah. and, and those two it's it's hard to have uh especially when you hit like a failure or or, or a barrier mm -hmm. and i myself sometimes don't always have motivation or always don't have an ambition like yeah there are days i just want to give up everything like shit i just want to lay in bed and do nothing yeah you know no for sure <laughs> no that's just yeah i feel that man that's like me like i like i have more motivation to do talks like this but then when i go back and yeah. edit this <laughs> dog yeah yeah like, man is it all worth it is my ambition <laughs> worth it you know you because sometimes i do question my ambition like because for me my my ambition is to um be a a respected leader in the community uh -huh. and i like to keep it vague because then that way i can never achieve it uh because if i say i want to have a million dollars once i get it what's next uh, yeah. so so i like to keep myself vague. like i want to be Oh, a really well-respected leader in the community, whether that's what uh, being a brother, being part of street stops, or being part of the design community. Uh, but as long as I'm being okay, like, people are seeing me as, oh yeah, birds doing great things. Um, and also, I want to be like a great speaker, uh, not the not a award-winning speaker, but like a, just a great speaker, rather because yeah. I might not win any awards, but I'm still a great speaker. Yeah. Um, uh, and also, 
not the best designer but a great designer and who understands storytelling who understands this and that yeah uh, so i know i don't really yeah. like capping myself yeah i i feel you on the capping yourself yeah. part yeah but in terms of keeping it vague i'm kind uh -huh. of like not on that okay. same wavelength as uh -huh. you like i like to make it super specific mm -hmm. so like for example like my dream so like for taboo tao like obviously for me like i the way i try to help other people kind of like understand where i'm coming from is that like have a clear vision of where you're going mm -hmm. like i want you to whatever your dream is tell me what stadium you're playing in how big it is mm -hmm. how many people are at that stadium um you know what does a crowd crowd sound like is it full is it empty mm -hmm. like you know what are you um what are you saying what are you dressed in like and then i i used okay so so i'm i'm altering it because mm -hmm. like i i feel like a, a snap and moment in the future is it can be helpful but i don't think it like encompasses the full story so like instead right, right. of saying like a moment mm -hmm. of a vision so like i i like to challenge people to get to a full day mm -hmm. like what does your full day look like mm -hmm. you know like tell me how your day looks like in the most ideal situation mm -hmm. and you have to describe it to you have to describe that to me so clearly mm -hmm. that yeah, that I like that that you can reach that goal and and uh to your point like i don't want you to cap yourself at like you know like once i you know like i'm heading to this deal i made a million dollars and boom that's the dream like yeah. that's a small dream yeah <laughs> like um it really is a small dream like yeah. i'm not making a million by any means right yeah, now but when you do a million dollars like <clears throat> one dollar to you <laughs> right like i'm really trying to build tabu tau into a billion dollar business mm -hmm. um you know and but i i want to do it in a way where it's um it's not undercutting people i understand that there's going to be failures and there's going to be barriers to 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 the way i want to do it but mm -hmm. i if you if you believe it it can happen that's how anything in life happens mm -hmm. and that's how history is made the people who believe that mm -hmm. they can make a difference made a difference mm -hmm. um you know uh, or people who had a strong why mm -hmm. um and so so yeah i'm on your wavelength right, i right. i wouldn't like to keep it vague right 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 for, for me and i don't know if I, for you, I think, I feel like you have mm -hmm. a, a vision of where you want right. to go, but you you say vague, but like I feel yeah, like you have specificities in that. Right. I think it's, it's, it's exactly that. Um, yeah, it's, it's like sometimes, because I know what I want, but sometimes it's hard to say it. Yeah. So the best way to say it is vague, but then we can go deeper into it. If, if, it just, if it's just, it just takes more conversation to get into it. Yeah. Uh, like, like, it's like you said, like I, I know I said vague, but in my head, I know what I want and I know how yeah, to get there and I know exactly. what I'm doing. Um, yeah. But the, the best way to describe all that thought is just vague because I don't like cap it. Like you said, I don't want to cap it. Yeah. Uh, and also talking to individuals like yourself, like hearing your perspective makes me feel like, oh, yeah, like that's a, like I didn't think of that way. Well, that's a great way of wording it and, and that's a mm. great way of explaining it. So I think, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like it's in my head, but I just don't want to say it. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying though. That, you know, like I, so recently I just had a meeting with somebody because, you know, I was telling them, that on the podcast i try to play the devil's advocate yeah and they're like i don't really like that term because like it comes with a lot of negative connotation uh -huh. and i was like yeah you're right but like i don't know how else to like explain it right right and then they proposed to me like you should just call yourself a facilitator and i was like um oh wow i 
I do call myself a facilitator, but I don't call myself that unless I'm in a specific um, workspace or a yeah. yeah a specific environment where I'm curating like right, safe right. and brave spaces for for anybody that's coming in. So that's when I really call myself a facilitator. Mm -hmm. um, because I, I haven't really called myself a facilitator like that outside of that world. Right, because it, because it sounds weird. It doesn't sound weird, but it's not like it. it if you just say now, like, it wouldn't fit. Yeah, like, I'd never connected it. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, um, yeah I know what you mean, for sure. Yeah, and so that that's kind of gives back to your point of, mm -hmm. like, just saying, like, it's, yeah, you make it vague, but, like, it's not really vague. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's just the best <laughs> way you can explain it right now. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. And, and then uh, do you know how to keep yourself in check in all those? Because uh, for me, how I keep myself in check or how I even got myself here is, like, I will write all my thoughts down on one piece of paper and what I'm doing right now, my values, whatever I'm doing, and I'll cut it down to five, ten things that are really meaningful to me, and I connect those to my values. And then every time I feel stuck or every year I go back and reflect that I do this, that I do that, that I accomplish this. And most of the time I have and I always do. So that's how I keep myself in check yeah. to make sure I'm always growing. Yeah. So I do that a lot. I reflect like every year. So so how do you, what's your method of self-reflecting or keeping yourself in check and make sure you're not giving up on that motivation and that ambition? You know, I feel like you listen to like Brendan Bouchard or something. I don't know who that is. Like, Dude, you should listen to him. <laughs> Dude, should. he does what you do, but on no, a no. hyper level. Okay, okay. I so Brendan Bouchard. Yeah, so uh, yeah. Brandon Bouchard. So, you know, B-R-A-N-D-O-N mm -hmm. mm -hmm. and then Bouchard, B-U-C-H-A-R-D. Okay. Um, and what he does is similar what do you, to what you do, but so he has the year-long goals, but then he does weekly he does it weekly yeah. as well so um he's That's always crazy. so he spends every sunday three hours every sunday thinking back on his week okay did i get this done did i get my goal done did i do that did i reach this and like you know always changing it and things mm -hmm. like that okay what does my schedule look like the next week mm -hmm. and how can i improve myself every week Damn, and so he does that every week and mm -hmm. so he you know on his thing he said he's been doing it for like since he was like 20 mm-hmm and he's like i think he's like 40 or something at least mm -hmm. in that age range and i'm just like dang you've been doing that for 20 years yeah. i dude i so i'm bad with writing things down oh, i encourage um, you to write. i it's know so good trust i know it's way better than typing trust me big difference so yeah yeah and brandon says the same thing too and yeah, yeah. So, and i'm just like man i should so that's one thing i need to get into i'm bad on that but the way i the way i handle it is through mental uh capacity so i i always try to remember um and so i'm getting to this point where i'm having a lot of meetings where i can't remember every meeting and <laughs> yeah. I, i'm always like i'm paranoid like yeah yeah oh man that i forget something like oh shoot um i'm getting there too well i'm like there i know but yeah yeah so so um but in terms of like things i need to get accomplished or finished like you know like the podcast like mm -hmm. Am I, did I get it out by Sunday? You know, like how am I, you know, like, and if I'm not doing the podcast every day uh, or editing it on the day, am I like making music and, um, and am I like creating some sort of content while I'm here? And like, am I being too distracted? And like, mm -hmm. you know, like, and I'm pretty self, self aware to a point where I like, I, I basically like, I don't want to like put say that I put myself in a depressive state, mm -hmm. but basically I like beat on myself yeah. where, where I'm just like, 
dude like come on bro like stop yeah just stop and just like get to work and like you know when i take naps during the day um uh after like like eating um because like i have digestive things Uh that i deal with um so when i eat uh if if i eat too much or if it doesn't agree with my stomach i get into a very comatose like state where you know like when you're sleeping your body is healing yeah um and so that that's kind of like what happens to me okay um and so but when that does happen like i you know there's there's some of it that i can't help but the stuff that i can help i'm just like bro like we got to get better at this you know like and so like i i do that i keep myself in mental check every Mm -hmm. every day and it's just like man like crap like like you're not doing that like put yourself to work Mm -hmm. and like you know there are definitely days where i just don't feel motivated to do it and then at those moments i go and listen to like motiversity or um (laughs) motivation madness on youtube and things like that um yeah man so because they're this the way that they frame it is like really nice and Mm -hmm. that is also something that i'm working on too Mm -hmm. you know i you you're a really good self-motivator then because it takes a lot uh the way when you say it 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 sounds easy but it's not easy to like yeah come on man we gotta get back up like you can't be sleepy you can't be lazy like a lot of that comes to you practicing that because some people can just say yeah about five more minutes or an hour you know i'll go back and do it so it's like you have to allow yourself that talking to yourself is also healthy and talking to yourself can also be the biggest change you need is like the self-motivating because sometimes because uh with my involvement in the community both um design and um educating the community about like arts and stuff mm-hmm. like i get so busy and i get sometimes i get depression depression uh, depression movements yeah and i'm like how do i get out of this and then most of the time i don't need to talk to somebody i just need to talk to myself in the mirror or like just yeah. sit down in a room and write out my thoughts or just talk to myself yeah because uh, sometimes yourself is the best therapy because yeah. you yourself understand yourself better because yeah, when man. i talk to somebody i'm like no no you're not getting it. you're not getting it. be like why are you <laughs> yeah. talking to me it's like i don't know i just didn't even voice myself <laughs> so then i was like i just lock myself up i talk to myself i write it down i give myself an hour and i come out and i feel really good so so yeah yeah it takes a lot of mental stuff mental health yeah and i think for me i went it's because i went through a specific experience though Mm -hmm. um for me well it's a it's a lot of experiences put together that Mm -hmm. really brought me to where i am and the first one that really brought me to where i am is that like so uh, the first time my first year in college, I I was I didn't go home for mm-hmm. like winter break, mm-hmm. and so and I had no classes. I didn't do J term, mm-hmm. and uh, all I did was basically play games. Yeah. So you know when I was that young, uh, wow, when I was that young, <laughs> uh, nineteen, you know eighteen, nineteen, I loved playing like League of Legends and like World of Warcraft, right? Yeah. And so, but, you know, when I was at home, I couldn't really play because, like, my parents would get on me about that. So I was just like, oh, man. Like, But finally, I had a whole month and a half to myself. Um, and I was living on dorms. And the thing about the dorms on, in at Columbia, Chicago, is that you're living in an apartment. So I was living in a high rise. So, you know, I could see the sunset every above above all the other buildings mm-hmm, mm-hmm. every night and like you know mm-hmm. i could rise to the sun and my and windows were huge <laughs> yeah you know <clears throat> and sh- uh, you know shout out to them for columbia always trying to keep it uh, as low as possible uh you know 20 
in perspective, I know a lot of students going to Columbia right now are thinking like, you know, like 20, 20,000 a year is a lot for a private school, which is technically a lot in, for a lot of families uh, that do go there. But in perspective of other private schools and colleges that offer that kind of material, mm-hmm. it's like actually really cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so. Uh, so and so intuition was only like a, an extra 10k so i was there and what i got was cabin fever because nobody was there besides me in my room like all my roommates left to go home and they haven't come back yet and um <clears throat> i was basically in my room playing games every day and then eating and then but when i got bored i had nothing to do mm-hmm. um well i had i could have done stuff but i just didn't do stuff because i didn't want to do anything else uh, you know, because I wanted to like live stress free, right? Like, quote unquote. Um, and so that happened, and then you know, um, I in my and then in my last year of college, uh, bef- all up until so my plan was like I'm gonna get really busy, get all these orgs, do all these classes in the summer in J term during the school year, you know, while running the orgs and working and which i was doing and that my last year i'm just gonna drop all of that and just focus on me but what had happened was that i became super lazy um mm-hmm. and that carried on to the year after i graduated you know and i really didn't have a lot of motivation to like do my art that i said i was going to do and you know like uh almost every day you know i'd would be thinking like man like uh, i could be doing better you know and things like you know i got a job and things like that but it it was just kind of like i didn't do what i set out to do Mm -hmm. like like what is my word to me you know Mm -hmm. and and so like you know and i was with my ex at the time and you know um you know she would bring it up too she would just be like hey like you know like what about your artwork and things like that and but like for me she it it wasn't really her that like made me despise myself it was just Mm -hmm. me because i was just like man, I'm not doing the things that I said I was going to be doing. Like, what happened to the kid that, like, wanted to prove his parents wrong? What happened Mm -hmm. to that kid that, like, set out to be like, hey, like, you know, where my parents didn't believe in me at the time? Like, what happened to that kid that wanted to prove them wrong by becoming the most famous person on the earth, like, Mm -hmm. in music, you know, through music? And, like, what happened to that? What happened to all that drive, you know? And so I just kind of, like, it just kind of like sucked and then you know when i around the time i was coming back i uh started listening to like motivational stuff and i was like yo this stuff is like is yeah it's lit like (laughs) it's super lit like you know like you have like the epic like orchestral music from like inception and like all these uh like famous movie john williams and you know things like that and music makes it so much better yeah you have that on top of like you know will smith talking uh uh, uh gary vaynerchuk brandon bouchard Mm -hmm. tom bilyeu and you know tony robbins Mm -hmm. um yeah and david goggins and people like that like uh, talking like that and it was just like man i feel oh I'm, I'm motivated like yo i'm feeling it you know so i started doing that and then um you know <clears throat> around that time i started buying things that like okay like what do i need to have an actual studio mm-hmm. set up so where i can actually make music and stuff like that and so i i made a 
I put myself on a regiment, you know, just to be like, yeah. hey, uh, trying to make a beat a week kind of a thing. Okay. Uh, I haven't stuck to that at all because <laughs> I, I realize that I'm too picky to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, so being in those situations where it sucked so bad to where I was just like so bored out of my mind that I I realized that like what I loved doing in the past, like playing games and stuff and just like mm-hmm. living life carelessly, it it didn't bring me the fulfillment that I thought it would have. Because that, that's not you. Yeah. And I, I, I know for sure that if you were to try doing that again, you can't because you're used to the busy life. You're used to yeah. the, the task, task, task. And you go back to that. Sorry, because I used to play a lot of games as a kid. I don't remember when it specifically stopped, but mm-hmm. I know that a lot of my, one of my close friends, he loves gaming. Yeah. And some other acquaintances, they love like chilling, just hanging out and traveling. But for me, anytime I feel like I, I want to do that, if I do one hour playing game, I can't even last or not. I last like maybe 12 minutes. And I'm like, oh, there's two more. I got to do something else. I'll go read a book for like 10 minutes. Oh, there's two more. I got to do something else. Like I'm always moving because I've been doing tasks like that for like four years of my life that yeah. I can't just settle <clears throat> down for like a, a good day, do nothing. I feel like I'm just wasting my life away. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I get that feeling too, but mm-hmm. I don't I don't get that feeling in that way. Mm-hmm. I get it in a way where if I... So the most recent time that I actually did play games again was when I... My little brother, he had to go do something for my dad. He was like, yeah. yo, play for me. Cause, yeah, Because yeah. he plays League of Legends, and I, I play League of Legends. I I used to play yeah. um, a lot. So I went and played for him. I was like, um, I'm playing. And I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. And, you know, I'm playing. I was like, oh, yeah, like, I'll do this and this and this. Because I mm-hmm. watch gamers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watch gamers just because, like, I... I don't know. I find more enjoyment watching people play the games <laughs> right. versus actually playing the right. games. I don't know how that really <laughs> happened, but like it just is now. And so like I'm playing the game because like oh yeah, I keep myself updated. But and then after that, I was like, doesn't be the same, huh? Yeah, you know. I, actually, I felt like I could like oh wow, like I actually want to play some more games. But then I was like, uh, uh it's whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just have this feeling like I don't really have the need to play games anymore because mm-hmm. I think I know where it left me at those times mm-hmm. where where I was after mm-hmm. playing games, it was just kind of like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So when I do get the urge to play games, I like, I actually open it up. I was like, okay, I'm ready to play games now, y'all. Yeah, I'm yeah. ready to play. And then I get there, I'm like, but I really want to play. Yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. So, and then I close it. Yeah. And then I go back to doing more stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that, that that's a, a, a moment of you just realizing either one that's growth or you know that like you have, it's just like it's also going back to your priorities or you're just your mind it's like you don't see it the same anymore. you're not you're not uh grieving for it or you're not a craving yeah for it. yeah even even for the games that you know i so, so going back to how i keep myself updated there's games that like i think that i think are really cool coming out mm-hmm. and i hype myself up for like so i love playing warcraft 3 right mm-hmm. so the they it Blizzard came out with Warcraft 3 Reforged, and when it was coming, before it was released, I was like, having myself, I was like, yo, I'm going to play this again, like, it's going to be lit, and then it came out, and I didn't even, like, buy it, and <laughs> that was before, you know, all of the bad reviews came yeah. in, and all that stuff, and same thing with, like, Wilson, I, I haven't even bought Wilson, yeah. but I, you know, looking at it, I was like, yo, I would have a yeah. lot of fun playing this yeah. game. So, it's funny, because I love Monster Hunter, and oh, yeah. I love playing the Wii, and I, I love playing on the, um, the xbox no i don't know if you have xbox but on the wii uh-huh um and on the nintendo ds 
um, I love playing it into the, the Monster Hunter. I think three of all the, the the latest ones coming out. Yeah, and I was super happy about it too. Yeah. But when it came out, I was like, "Do I really want it?" And then I was like, "Nah, I feel like I'm not even gonna play as much anymore." And I'm yeah. glad I didn't because it wasn't that good. Uh, it's the same as the the last world I played. It's just that the graphics got better. Yeah, uh, and new weapons. And so I was like, "Yeah, I guess if I didn't get it, it was meant to be." Like I'm not craving it. I just wanted it at that moment. Yeah, man, that's that's exactly it. Cause like, to your point, I I would have fun playing it, but like, how long would I have fun? Right, playing it, right. You know? I think it only lasts me like maybe two days or a week. That's it. Yeah, and then tasan yeah. like get you. That's Yeah, there's nothing else like to really like wow you. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I know that you know artists put a lot of work into the games. So that's fine, and that's really, I respect that. But like, it's for me, it's just like, oh, that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. uh yeah man like yeah so that's how i keep myself motivated and that's how i got got here that's cool you know i like it yeah dig it you're working you're a hard-working man well i try to be yourself. yeah i try to be you know i think i'm working hard right now mm-hmm. but you know when i look back in the next five years i'm gonna be like yo that wasn't working hard because yeah. i look back five years ago and because i thought i was working hard five years yeah. ago and i was like yo you're <laughs> not even working hard you have moments where you're like sleeping for like or yeah. like chilling for like yeah five hours on end like doing nothing yeah it's funny because uh <clears throat> i thought i was working hard because i was i served on board to my college year and mm-hmm. i and i was doing that i was freelancing i was doing projects i was getting involved in the community mm-hmm. and i thought that was busy as a heck for me yeah. but now that i think back i'm like that was nothing because now i feel like now i'm busier than ever and i'm taking roles that were really affect me and that could really damage me in the community yeah um so i feel really busy now but like you said i, th- I bet in five years i look back, i'm like bro that was nothing yeah, yeah for real yeah, yeah. so like, so it's nice to reflect back okay. yeah so like right now that's why you know i don't i don't like to say that i'm busy at all mm-hmm. uh, just because like i know but i'm gonna appreciate look back. It at the moment i know you are you know yeah. you appreciate the moments yeah yeah, yeah but for sure mm-hmm. yeah and i i always try to make time mm-hmm. for anything mm-hmm. um and that little piece of advice for every anybody listening up until this point i i don't know how long it's been but, yeah i don't know how long it's been too um uh i think it's been at least it's been a long time but yeah. <laughs> um but you know for anybody listening up to this point i think that if oh time management yeah um you know this is just a personal belief everybody has time um even if people say that they're busy mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. you're not really people who use the excuse oh i'm busy um aren't really that busy mm-hmm. in, in my book um, i believe that too because yes. like everybody got time like you know i look back five years ago i thought i was busy i had time mm-hmm. and <clears throat> you know i had time to meet up with people and mm-hmm. i could make time to meet up with mm-hmm. people and it's if when they say that they're busy, they're not really invested. Right. It, it, they're just not interested. Because I I totally hundred percent agree with that. Like, no way you're way too busy. Because yeah. I know when I was my busiest, I still made time. Like, yeah, this one time I was really busy at work, but this student wanted me to network and to review her portfolio. Yeah, and then that day I was really busy, but I was like, but I can spare an hour, so I gave her an hour to review her work. Mm-hmm. So I was like. If you if it really means to you and you're not that busy you can spend five minutes 15 minutes just an hour like you you can spend that that you can do that yeah 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 and especially for meetings like you know people sit an hour apart for meetings and stuff like that but mm-hmm. like 
Yo, I mean, meetings don't have to be that long. Just mm-hmm. like cut to the chase. <clears throat> like, you know, like they're only that long because people are not prepared because mm-hmm. they didn't use their, they didn't prioritize mm-hmm. their time wisely mm-hmm. um, before that meeting or they're like saying a lot of fluff during the meeting mm-hmm. and like saying a lot of things that don't really pertain to the meeting. And mm-hmm. so like if, if you're at a meeting, like stick to the plan, like just be like an hour meeting, like, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk says that like, you know, meetings, meetings that, people say are an hour are actually just like 10 minutes tops yeah the rest of them are gossip yeah yeah, yeah. there's, there's a lot of other things <laughs> there's a lot of other things that happen in there that doesn't need to happen in a meeting yeah. like you know like <clears throat> you can talk about that stuff outside of the meeting but like yeah. when it comes to the meeting and the topic at hand just like cut it get yeah. to the chase you know and so yeah. um yeah that's just my advice to everybody mm-hmm. out there you know uh if you're if you're offended that's okay that's just my personal mm-hmm. belief mm-hmm. you have time you need to prioritize your time mm-hmm. to get to where you want to go in life mm-hmm. i agree um, yeah and you need to work hard to get there mm-hmm. um and yes there's there can be a lot of barriers to where you want to go but if you keep making excuses you're never going to get there because you're subconsciously telling yourself that you can't get it mm-hmm. but that's not true you can get it mm-hmm. i agree well, I think this is a pretty good place to stop. Yeah, uh, man. I, I, I feel like it was a really good talk. I mean, we talked about a lot of things. Yeah. A lot of self-growth, motivation, passions. Yeah, man. How to interact with people. <laughs> yeah. Um, by language. Yeah. So where can we find you? Um, you can find me on social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Oh, yeah. And uh, that's it. I encourage everybody to go on linkedin because that is the next and upcoming social media platform yeah professionals individuals who's trying to start a career in linkedin i recommend it yes i mm-hmm. i need to get on that mm-hmm. um yes, that and tiktok tiktok is Maybe the other TikTok. Si- tiktok is the other side of linkedin yeah you know it is yeah it is i don't know i don't know how i feel about it i, I like it i like to watch it but i don't <laughs> i love the TikTok video is funny but i'll probably wouldn't do myself yeah, yeah yeah well like you know like linkedin is for like business business yeah, and yeah. tiktok is like casual brand building as well um, yeah so that, that that's how i see yeah. it yeah i see tiktok more for like memes and funny videos yeah but you can build a brand in that that's too. True. so that's true. anyways yeah you can find me uh at taboo tout on uh, almost every platform spotify soundcloud um facebook instagram um youtube and yes i'm still saying i am working on getting a tiktok and yes i actually do have a linkedin but i don't post anything i i should be though yeah i should be yeah i need to get more active on that for for taboo tal but yeah man thanks for coming on to the show thanks for having me Danny. yeah appreciate it